What's good? This is Brian Porter from Invite the Neighbors. This is episode two. We had Colin Haggerty from Ship and Sail come in and talk with me. And I don't know why I say why I said we because it's literally just me. Um, but yeah, he came in and talked to me um, about his uh, songwriting, his influences, um, kind of like his musical upbringing. We talked about a lot of different stuff. Um, it was a really solid conversation. Um, at about the 35-minute mark, I want to say, maybe around there, uh, his microphone started humming, and I didn't notice it, and neither of us did because we weren't wearing our headphones, like amateur hour. But I had to do my best to kind of get rid of the noise. Um, so, you know, hopefully it's not too distracting, but if it is, sorry. You know, I'm learning as I go along here, literally doing a podcast in my spare bedroom um with cats crawling all over me um so yeah we live and we learn people um but anyways if you like the podcast go rate and uh subscribe on itunes google play um stitcher radio pocket casts um i'm trying to get onto spotify right now that's a whole process because i guess the first episode had like some copyrighted material on there even though the band said I could use it, Spotify doesn't know that. So I'll let you guys know if I can get on there. Um, I also have a website, invitethenneighbors.blueberry.net. Um, you can check out all the episodes there, too. So without further ado, here is uh, Colin Haggerty from Ship and Sail. Just worst case. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you were saying, like, uh, you never really... Like there's certain bands that you just kind of missed the boat on. I like didn't get, <clears throat> I didn't really have like an emo or like punk phase. Uh, I had a very weird. So like I was my in my upbringing, I listened to rap music and like only rap music. Besides what my dad showed me, and that my dad would like play like the bare naked ladies in the car, and I was into that, and like some Beatles right. stuff. Obviously, when I was a little kid. Like what kind of rap? But like when I was like, I don't know how old you first are when you can like kind of sing a song that's stuck in your head like six. And, but you're like still oh no <laughs> i was like still in a crib like two yeah oh. yeah so i'm like in the and i'm singing uh rough riders anthem by dmx <laughs> <laughs> my brothers are like uh, um my brothers are older than me and they're like they're like listening to dmx and eminem and I, I, you know i grew up thinking eminem's a god oh yeah dude i was super into eminem <clears throat> oh yeah I, I mean, the, like, uh, that's just part of, like, my brothers were, like, sort of trying to be, like, hood rat kids and, yeah. like, trying to be rappers. Like, my one brother, the brother I still have, Daniel, he was, like, a DJ. And my other brother wanted to be, like, a rapper. Like a MacBook press play type DJ? Or is he actually, no, like, like he's scratching? a vinyl DJ. Like, oh, he threw some, like, tight. really big parties in Detroit and stuff. That's tight. It's pretty cool. He tells me stories all the time about it. I mean... Uh, yeah, I was so. that's crazy man like and then <laughs> I never would have guessed that you were just like a rap baby no yeah that's kind of <laughs> like that's how I grew up and um that kind of went on through my like until I was like 16 um when I was younger I started I was listening to pretty much like you know the pop stuff that yeah was big back then and, and then I was listening to like stoner rap in high school Stoner rap like uh like Wiz Khalifa, like, oh, Mac Miller. Okay. Um people like that were like my go-tos. You into like Kendrick Lamar? 
Chance the Rapper at all. And Chance weren't really like big yet. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I do like both of them now. I don't listen to them like I don't I haven't truly listened to them, but I have listened to them with other people and I've been like, okay, these these guys are doing this right. Right. And then obviously Chance has all the good stuff he does for the community. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, big into Chicago or whatever, I'm pretty sure. Right, exactly. I and like to really listen cool. to, uh, he has, like, this verse on Ultralight Beam off one of Kanye West's albums, mm-hmm. and it's, like, his first verse that he got to do with Kanye West. You know what and, record it is? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's Life of Pablo. Oh, yeah, see, I, I gave up on Kanye West after my deep, dark, twisted fantasy. Oh, uh, I mean, that's such a solid album, though. That's, I could, that I could talk for an hour about one, that. Though. That was that the last album. good one really think so Dude, I, mm. I haven't heard anything good but then so so i'm listening to stoner Hot take. Rap. <laughs> i'm listening to stoner rap and i'm being a little you know 15 year old stoner um and i maybe i was 16 i got i got busted in high school <laughs> um like by the law no or by, by parents at school oh okay. not like in school but like at a school thing and so I got in trouble with my parents, obviously found out, blah, 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 blah. I was grounded. I, like, didn't have a bunch of friends. Do you mind, like, saying what you did, what you got busted for, or, like, was it just... I was just high at a school Oh, thing. okay. It was, like, a school bonfire, and I went high. Selling a pound of dope behind the playground. I don't know if I should all this on this no, podcast, you're f- but it's good. Yeah, you're, you're We're fine. We're not going to edit this I don't think I don't think it's on your permanent record anymore. <laughs> no, I it, it wasn't at all. It's and I also don't funny. think potential employers are going to be listening to no, this either. No, it was just... <laughs> No, and I would tell this story to anybody. Yeah. So it was just like my school, my, my, they caught me, told my dad. Did you like, have like a reputation in school no, as, as like I, a stoner or something? No, I wasn't that important to oh. have a reputation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Afterwards. So where do you feel like the transition really happened? Oh, so yeah, this is where that story okay. came from. That happened. I was grounded. I was suspended from school for like a week. I didn't have anything to do. And one day, my dad was just like, check out this song. And I was like, all right. And it was Murder in the City by the Avid Brothers. And I was like, oh, this is, this is like, this is what music is supposed to do. And I was like, I felt so much emotion from it and all this stuff. Nice. And How old then, were you? <clears throat> I was like 16. 16? Okay. You know, when like emotions weren't cool. Yeah, well, you didn't know how to have them. Yeah, like you, and like, you had them, but you're like, "What the fuck? Like, right. what do I do with these?" And I sort of had this like visceral reaction to this song, and then I was like, "Oh, like who is this?" And my dad told me, and like I like put a, made a big playlist of their music, and I was like laying in bed at night, but I couldn't stop listening to "Murder in the City," and I listened to it over and over and over again until I fell asleep. And then like that week, I just was like, "I'm just gonna like." learn guitar i guess because i like i guess i like got suspended i'm not you know a lot of stuff just like blew up in my face so i guess i'm just gonna like sit and learn guitar so i did and then i got really i tend to like go through these phases where i'm really into different things yeah yeah me too i'll get like super deep into one thing yeah that happened with guitar really quickly and i found myself like staying up super late every night and sleeping through class nice guitar um they don't tell you then too that you don't really need to necessarily study all the time you know you if you have a passion like that they don't really tell you necessarily i wasn't a great student anyway yeah so it's like eh, well whatever see yeah Yeah. for me it was a better student now than i ever was oh okay yeah yeah for me it was different like i was always a like a straight a student 
um, did really well in school. So like, and I, I played clarinet. That was my my introduction to music. Okay. Was I wanted to play the clarinet because Squidward played clarinet. I was a big SpongeBob <laughs> fan. If I had to oh, of pick an instrument in band in sixth grade, I picked clarinet. But like, it's not a bad choice, really. Right. I mean. and my my dad makes me study and makes me practice the clarinet all the time. And then my I got sat next to this stoner kid, Justin Smith. Shout out to Justin Smith if you ever listen to this. But that like changed my life in eighth grade because he started showing me all these bands like. I mean, I know I knew who Blink One Eighty Two and Green Day were, and Taking Back Sunday, kind of. But he showed oh, me all these bands, yeah. and I'm like, "Holy shit, I want to be one of these guys." So let me let me real quick. I did have a Green Day phase. I did have a Green Day phase, a long one, kind of. Um, and I tried to play guitar during that when I was like a kid and stuff, and it did not go well. Um, so then. Um, but yeah, so I had a Green Day phase, but that was it. I'd never had a Taking Back Sunday phase. Um, but I did play with John Nolan from Taking Back Sunday. Did you really? Yeah, a few months back. How did that happen? Uh, I just like, on opener, I got it through like the Crowfoot Presents. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. It's That's cool. tight. Yeah. Was it just like his, was it called just John Nolan or was it like Straylight Run? John Nolan and his band. Oh, okay. He did, he did play like that big Straylight Run song. Uh, Existentialism yeah, on Prom Night. They played that. Yeah. I just listened they to that yesterday. They were really good. They're, they had a violin player who just like was insanely good. They were awesome. And um, it was like this, like the third or second Ship and Sail full band show. Huh. It was cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I still haven't been able to play with like any of my heroes naturally because I've only been playing shows for like six yeah, months. Yeah, I but. mean, neither have I... Um, you know, I know like I have, Wit I have, has been able to Wit Wit Feinberg guess, and Fallowland. They've played with uh, Delta Sleep a couple times, and that's been pretty cool to see him do that. I got to play with Hodera, and I really love Hodera. And now my music taste has sort of changed in a way where like I still love Hodera, but um, I just don't listen to it as much. Uh, but gotcha. when I met them, they just like. Like even though they were like already kind of like the people like people I looked up to as songwriters, they became like those kind of like you know in this sort of like music realm where like things are hard and like they're not super famous and like right you know they're like my favorites. Those are the kind of people I look up to. And Doug Gallo from Hodera, I got to play with Hodera. That's what I, I played with them. I met them. They were amazing. They were great to talk to. Um, and Doug Gallo, who plays lead guitar. Hodera, um, like what? What type of music are they? I never heard of them. Hodera is like, um, like an emo indie rock sort of band, kind of. Yeah, they have like, like folk it. influences and stuff. They're like this, They're like they're a ta- they're on Take This to Heart records. Um, so if that I'm like having real problems with this mic stand. Yeah, Hold on a second. It's kind of funny. Uh, um, but yeah, so I got to play with them, and then Doug Gallo mastered my last record, mixed and mastered my last record. So like, that's like one of the coolest things in music I've been able to do. Is like that's pretty be cool. Able to make that relationship with a band I already loved like for years. That's kind of like I have like a similar thing going on where like I'm about to go record um, next week actually. I'm recording uh, at Wonder Studios with uh, Nick Diener. Oh and, no way! That's yeah, really cool. and he so he He's was made in some really good records. Yeah, he was in the band The Swellers, mm-hmm. and The Swellers are from Linden, mm-hmm. which is where I'm from. So like, I went to high school 
Um, you've known about them for a long time. Yeah, and they were like they were like uh, the ones that made it out of Linden, you know. So like it was always like, well, if if Nick Diener and like the Swellers can do it, then so can I. Like when I'm like growing up playing guitar, and I remember like in eighth grade, he was a senior in high school when I was in eighth grade. So they brought us all over to the high school as eighth graders, and they had like a senior show us around. And Nick Diener was one of the kids that we had that talked to that like kind of showed us around. So I was like, oh my God, he's like, it's him, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's weird now to see that everybody's just people. When Now that you're an adult, you realize yeah. that everybody's just kind of doing their thing. And so I just hit him up. And it's cool because it's the first time I've recorded in like a real studio. And it's with this dude from my hometown who like kind of yeah, made it out. Really so it's, cool. it's, it's pretty cool. So looking forward to that, but the same time i have no idea what i'm gonna do because like i had a band and my drummer quit and now it's like yeah kind of all up in the air but i'm kind of just throwing it together as i go yeah i mean i started this thing as like a side project for a band i was in and then we we're coming out with a record still we're called cast benton oh okay um, and we're still like friends and but we don't, we're not playing shows together or, like doing that anymore did that just like did that happen just naturally was there no like... it was sort of just like a, we got we were like doing a lot and um like a burnout situation it wasn't maybe? always like stuff that we all agreed on oh so that's got, so common man yeah and it, and it got to the point where like one of us was just like uh, one of the guys was like look like this is just this is causing like some sort of like stress in our relationship and i think yeah but it wasn't it wasn't a bad thing. I still talk to them. They're you know. That's cool. I mean, as long as you can have like some sort of healthy split or at least oh, be yeah, healthy like about it, it after I, the fact. I had been friends with them for years and I you know I'm not as close to them now as I as I was before just because I haven't seen them as much. But yeah, they're I mean they I was privileged to be in a band with three first of all, great musicians. I mean, Jacob Hanlon who's now drumming with Dogleg and Parkway in Columbia. And oh, really? Dream Pussy, yeah. That's cool. Um, and then a couple guys named Joel Tala and um, Aaron Zaleski, and they both are just like crazy good at guitar for Joel and bass. Cool. And guitar both for Aaron. Just Have you always been just like... Um, like in that band, were you also like the, like the singer songwriter in that band or did you have um, a different yeah, role? Yeah. It was kind of like I had been writing songs, started a band with them like together. Yeah. And I already had stuff. Right. So, like the first EP we have out is like just five of my songs. And then this record we've been working on is, I think I have like one more song than the other people do, but that, I think that just became just because we finished it quicker um did you ever like back in the day when you were like maybe first started being in bands and stuff did you ever feel like i guess do you do you feel like ego has played less of a role in in being in bands now that you've like kind of been in had more experience with it that these are the only two bands i've ever been in okay yeah i when i was in you know i learned how to play guitar when i was like 17 oh right 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 you're 23 now yeah okay i started playing you know i I played a lot for a couple years just like with my buddy who i lived with that was just like covering modern baseball songs or whatever (laughs) like joking around yeah um having fun and then it wasn't until 
I was like 19 or 20 that I started like writing songs. And then I think we started the band when I was 21. Okay. Um, oh, hey, Luca. Yeah, my cat's in here. Yeah, please. <laughs> I, I wish both the They're an integral there. part of this process. Yeah, so we started Cast Bend and then it was super fun. We were like, we're like loud and yeah. fun. And oh, I noticed know, a everyone. lot that about a lot of bands around here that oh, they're yeah, just yeah. very loud. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, which that's kind of one of my complaints with some of the the, the music it can scene be too. But we 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 were really careful to like keep a good dynamic and like yeah also be intricate about stuff. Well, I think that there's a lot of bands that don't have great singers, and I don't think that that means that they shouldn't play. I think everybody should have uh, everybody who wants to play music should play music. But I think it's just kind of like a funny observation that like. Some oh, of the bands it. with bad singers just play really loud and like the oh. vocals are just like yeah, a but wall I don't know. sound. I have a very like I love people whose voices are not like actually that good. Yeah, no, I mean there's like a certain uh level of Like my like I'm not a good singer. I wouldn't by any means call myself a good singer. Right, but, but it, if like, it fits works. the music, you know exactly. what I mean? And so like that's just like what what people do. Yeah. You get that. Um but so I was saying um, before this about, oh yeah, so I was in Cast Bend and then, you know, I started writing, I, I I always revert back to the stuff that I started liking when I first started playing guitar, which is like Avid Brothers. the folk music. Okay. And so I'll go back to that. Now it's pretty much all I listen to. And so I started writing different kinds of songs and then I was writing like so many songs at once. And I was like, look guys. Just tell me when you don't want to do this one, because I right. like I have enough that like it's okay. Yeah. So they did, and so I like put together. There was like a few that I really liked that they didn't want to do, um, and then a few that I really liked that I knew shouldn't be like Cass Ben's long. So I yeah. made like an EP under Ship and Sail. Oh, okay. Started playing shows. So, um, what what does that mean name to you, Ship and Sail? Like, where does that come from? Oh yeah. Did my dad comment this on the Facebook? No, I'm 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 just curious. I think it's a cool name. That's so funny. He told me I better talk about this. <laughs> um, I was driving with my dad, Hi, Luca. and he was telling me a story about something that had happened like in the past couple of weeks from when I was talking to him, and he was like, you know, it's just saying that something didn't work. I can't really remember what the story was, but it was that. He was comparing himself and someone else to a ship in a sail and that the ship can't move without the sail and the sail has no use without the ship. Huh. And I thought that, that was a cool like thing. Right. That, that and is... I said to him right there, that'd be a cool band name. Yeah, that that's really cool, man. And then I kept it for like in my pocket for like however long until I started the band. Or huh. the, have you have you had like any other names like floating around in your head like for for projects like down the road if you ever feel like oh if I ever do this like X Y Z um, genre then I might use this name or something? No, uh, there's some stuff. I'm trying to think how I'm gonna say this. I'm hopefully gonna do a small amount of songs with someone soon. That I'm trying to come up with a name for, and I think they Chip came up with a name right for it. Here. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think they came up with a good name for it, though, and we just have to make sure that nobody else already has it. Um, That's a bitch of it too. Sometimes 
like when you come up with a really cool name and then it's like oh yeah but we've been four bands with the same name we've been like writing songs over google docs and stuff oh that's cool um but yeah so i don't really have other names sometimes i think about like I feel like I'm because I like go through phases and stuff so so often like we were talking about. Yeah. I feel like it's inevitable that one day I'm not going to want to have this name anymore. So I think about like at that point I'll probably just go to like some version of my name, but then I think maybe just my middle name and call it Abraham. Oh, okay. I mean, that's definitely something already though. Abraham. I yeah, feel like but, that's out But I also there. feel like when it's your name it's kind of like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's fair, and it's like you can't really, yeah, you know, fault yourself for having a name. Yeah, but we'll uh, see. We'll see what happens. I mean, maybe I'll just keep ship and sail forever, or maybe yeah. I'll find something that really swings me one day. Well, you you know, like Connor Oberst, you know, Bright Eyes. He's got, he's yeah. like the main guy in so many things, but it's so many different names, but it's always his voice. I'm I'm a big Connor Oberst fan. I would I would love to dive into that if you're a Connor Oberst fan. Oh, dude, I'm I love I love Bright Eyes. What's your favorite Bright Eyes record? Oh, um, probably Casadega. Me too. Casadega is sure. the Casadega, shit. Casadega. So, right, so I was listening to three records and crime podcasts, like only <laughs> riding my bike for like two hours a night in the dark, <laughs> listening to these things in the dark. Any reflective vests or anything? No, no, dude. I just have this old bike that I bought from somebody who's Living like on the dad edge. had it before he went to the war a long time ago. A bicycle or a motorcycle? Yeah, a okay, okay. Anyway bought it for like 40 bucks it's a sweet bike i was living in berkeley at the time all i was listening to was casadega i was listening to casadega i was listening to um hours were the birds by adrian lanker and i was listening to a crow looked at me by mountaineer but casadega just like it's influenced so much of like what i was writing when i was writing from seeds yeah there was some stuff that i was like oh i'm gonna try to write a you know like a um a four wins type of song yeah i never did but right yeah it's not a bad uh point of inspiration though just lyrically i think he's so prolific and oh i know i'm always so dense and it's just like makes me think that i just don't think i'll ever be that good at writing but it's just like it's it's inspirational too like i hear that and it makes me want to go back at my old lyrics and like really break out the thesaurus and like figure out like some better ways to say things because he's so clever and so creative he he released a record in 2017 called salutations that's some of the best lyrics i've ever heard and was it under his name or yes just under connor oberst and it's just like me and me and one of my bandmates and close friends talk about this all the time it's just like how he's been doing it since he was like 14 and he's just like coming up with these insanely good songs still i mean can you imagine how many he has that just aren't released because it feels like they're always just coming out of him and then he just came out with that seven inch under under his own name that was two really good songs that sounded very like they were very like lo-fi recordings and he sounded like he was drunk it was cool (laughs) yeah there's a certain like uh I like when artists do that when it's not like their main thing. Like when they're, when you're used to getting a decent level of production, then it like you're able to do something that's a little bit more lo-fi and right. have it be, have charm. But like when it's just lo-fi, like when someone puts out an EP or something and it's just like like the only thing you've heard from them and it is like really crappy quality, it's not it doesn't have the same effect, I yeah. feel like. Yeah, I don't know though. I think there's some people that do that really well. 
Um, but I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think, it, I think it dep- just depends on how they do it. I'm also it's like okay a- to be a, to be like. I I like the idea of doing like lo-fi recording because of the fact that like this is making a person who's really good at music have a way to yeah make it easily without like breaking the bank and like I have a really lucky situation and like that makes it easy for me. I think too that like it it really depends on like what the music is because yeah. you don't want to hear like a lo-fi recording necessarily of like a metal band where you really want to hear yeah. the articulations of things. It's but like phase I never had. <laughs> yeah, I've had a lot. I've had definitely had metal phase, but not a metal if guy. It, like if it's a singer songwriter type of thing and it's like a really vulnerable type of song, then it that that lo-fi sort of uh, coloring makes it feel that much more personal sometimes which i think is really cool so yeah it just kind of depends on what you're doing but i wanted to get into like um the songwriting process a little bit like what is it like for you like when you first started writing songs and it has has the process changed for you at all yeah um i don't think it's really changed except for the fact that i don't really try anymore um so like when I was when I first started, I was like trying really. I was like, I want to write a song. Okay, I see what you mean. And then like I started eventually like writing some good ones that I still to this day really love. And what, how old were you when you wrote like the first song that you still like now? Do you think? So like right away, twenty. Twenty. Okay. Yeah. So you started when you're like nineteen. You said. So like maybe- f- writing full songs, probably. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like I wrote one or two when I was younger than that, but. Sometimes I'll look at the lyrics I wrote. No, they're not good. And I'm just like, but, oh, shit. But then I was but like, no one sees this. I was like trying to write songs. Um, and then I like wrote some and I wrote something I liked and I kind of figured out like a style for myself. And then I was like realizing like, oh, the stuff that I like the best is just kind of coming out without me trying. Um, so like, do you think that part of not trying, because this is true for me, is means maybe not sitting down with the intent to write, but rather waiting for something to strike you and then writing. Yeah. Yeah. And also always writing sort of like, I always have like notes and stuff. I just don't really sit down and try to come up with something. I don't like, I don't think like I'm going to write for this long today or like that. And I think, I I think I'm going to soon just as an exercise because I'm, I've been struggling lately, but yeah, I I get a lot of my songwriting inspiration from so many different things through the day. I just write it down on my phone and then I go on with my day and, and then my the process of the actual finishing writing is usually me pl- just kind of like messing around on the guitar when I'm bored and I eventually come up with something that I like on guitar. So does does the and I look for a one-liner that I've already written in my okay. phone that fits. So you have, it's not necessarily like a chicken or the egg thing when it comes to like the guitar and the lyrics. It's kind of like you kind of have both yeah. floating around and then you match them up in a way. Yeah. Like yeah. You'll and, have lyrics. And, and some, sometimes it goes one way. Sometimes it goes the other. Like sometimes I have a melody so firmly stuck in my head from like a, a lyric that I've thought of. Yeah. That I will write guitar have around to write it. around it. Yeah. But that doesn't happen too often. Usually I would say it does happen a lot. I'd say it's like a 60-40 split with like 60 being where I come up with a guitar part first. Okay. Now, do you play, like with your guitar parts, do you find it's like a lot of chords? Like, um, yeah, yeah. like a lot of... 
I do. I just do. I finger pick a lot. Okay. That's usually how I come up with something originally. Did you have any lessons ever or were you just self-taught? I had lessons for a little, but majorly self, okay. mostly self-taught. Um, yeah, I finger pick a lot and I do like kind of like a half picking, half strumming or half finger picking, half strumming thing okay. most of the time now. Um, you'll see that if I like play a song, that's probably, I'm sure I'll do one, the newer one that I do that on. Um, and then there's some stuff that I just do like straight strumming. Um, I'm lyric, lyrically driven, I'm guessing though, right? So it's, it's, it's It's really more about the the vocals and the melody and stuff. Yeah. I usually have like one song on every release. That's like kind of more about the music, but I also end up writing, you know, lyrics that matter on top of it. Yeah. Um, I could see that. I'm, I'm picky about my lyrics. I'm picky about who I listen to because of lyrics too. And that's why I love Connor Hopper so much. Oh, because he's, he's so good, man. Um, that's why I love the Mountain Goats so much because John Darnielle is a genius. Mountain Goats, I've heard are good. My buddy Ben likes them, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, um, the Mountain Goats were lo fi is an overstatement for <laughs> for a long time. He yeah. He on a broken boombox by, like, by himself in his room. What about like the weaker thans? You ever listen to them? No. Oh, you should check them out. They yeah. have really good lyrics, too. I'll have to check it out. Ben would be pissed if I didn't mention the weaker bands <laughs> if we're talking about this type of music. But yeah, so now my songwriting comes from usually a state of... I used to find a lot of inspiration from like a state of depression or like anxiety. Yeah. Now it's usually a state, a, a calming... Like I've, I'm calm... Okay. And then I'm able to like write a song. And that's why I think why my songs sound a little bit more mature now and a little bit more like thought out. Cause I do, th- I do kind of think them through a little bit more. I'm also yeah. listening to primarily folk music again. Okay. I gotcha. So I mean, like that kind of changes my lyrics too. Have you ever felt like you have any songs that were influenced by something that was kind of out of the box for you? Or do you feel like most of it is kind of in the same ballpark? Like, I know you're influenced early on by like rap music a lot. Have you ever felt like lyrically in like hip hop that has like inspired anything that you've done? Like sometimes even with the way the lyrics flow, sometimes I've wondered that, but like I, I haven't seen that or felt it, but sometimes I wonder if that's just like part of why, like, like I have, I have one song that just like rhymes the same for the entire yeah. time, pretty much. And sometimes I think about like if that kind of like the rhyme scheme thought process is something that pop music did or something that like me listening to old school hip hop did. Yeah. You know? But I think now people listening to your music, well, having heard this, like know <laughs> that you're coming from like a place of it's funny because hip hop roots, which I never would have guessed, you know. I, I have like little pieces in a few different songs about how my brother um was a rapper oh okay yeah it's pretty funny there's some on the, there's some on the new ep i'm doing now um but uh yeah so now i i do have a problem where i i take too much inspiration from conor Oberst and jakey wald uh you don't want to sound like a clone or like you're trying to be them or my thing is this it's not so much about sounding like a clone if i like if i write a song that sounds like them that's great whatever <laughs> right because they're I, so good you know every song i write sounds like them it's just boring you know right right and i could because see that. it's not them so like you know sometimes i'll be like i'll be like i gotta stop writing like counter and then i start writing about 
like a detox sleep or something. And then I'm like, oh, this is just ripping off Casadega, <laughs> you know? And like, yeah, you got to be careful. Yeah. So like I just get in those ruts and like I've listened to those records so many, so many, so many times that like. They could just, subconsciously like yeah. sneak into your writing. Yeah. And that, that happens. That's happened with Mark and the nuclear so-and-sos too. I, I, I get in this rut where I, I just end up trying to write just like them. Cause I kind of changed my guitar style to sound a little bit like them. Yeah. And, um, and also because I just like it better. Um, and, uh, now I find myself all the time, like ripping off little things. Cause I'll learn to play them and sing them with, uh, my friend Carrie. Okay. And then from petty theft. And, oh, all right. And we'll like play and sing them. And then I'll be like, get used them to on playing like that. <laughs> and then, uh, I'll start writing like that too. So oh, okay. I accidentally do that kind of stuff a lot. So I would love to say that there's like some unique influences, but I'm just, I'm, I don't know. It's okay though. It's like, it's, I would love for there to be, you know, I yeah. would love to think out of the box a little bit more. Yeah. And that's like what the, like now I have the band in for the, for this EP, like with me and all yeah. the other ones I did by myself. So I'm like that, that's opening my eyes to a lot of stuff. Okay. I could see that. Yeah. So like I've had this problem where I have like some of my friends, my musician friends, the ones I go way back with, um, they know what all my influences are. So, I mean, every, every musician is kind of an amalgamation of all their influences. You know yeah, what I mean? Course. But my friends who know what my influences are, they can pinpoint exactly what part of which song sounds like what band that I like. Yeah. And instead of like saying like, oh, this song's really good or whatever, they'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds like this, you know? And so it's like they're not, I mean, it's not like they think I'm ripping them off. Yeah. But I wish, you know, say like I write a song and it sounds like this band, Forgive Durden, that I used to listen to a lot back in the day. My friends can be like, oh, yeah, this part sounds a lot like Forgive Durden, where if someone listened to the forgive dirt song and they knew the guy in that band they could be like oh hey your song sounds like this because if they know all his influences you know what i mean it's like every there's a succession of like forgive dirt is influenced mm-hmm. by so and so his yeah, songs are gonna like sound more like that influences on influences yeah, yeah exactly so it's like the more people know you the 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 less uh i mean the more transparent you are and but like i've kind of come to the point where I've kind of accepted that I am just like a culmination of all my influences, but yeah, I still trying I, to find my own voice in that, you know? I just wish that I would let myself kind of get into some different uh, influences sometimes. Okay. Like, I, I totally agree with that. Like, we are a culprit of our... Yeah. And, but, like, I just want to expand that a lot. Like, I listen to Mount Erie a lot, and you can hear that all over from Seeds. Like... Oh, okay. I mean, just going straight off of Mount Erie, because the, the album Macro looked to me is all about his wife who died of cancer. Oh, okay. So I, like, I was all over that record after my mom passed away. Oh, and, like, okay. when I knew she was going to pass away. So I mean, naturally, that's going to be really influential on your songwriting, because it's yeah, such a personal thing, yeah. personal art. So then the way he, like, locks into little things, this is one thing, this is a songwriting thing I try to do. He locks into really little things. He says on one of the tracks, he says, like, I go downstairs and outside and you still get mail. And there's a there's a back there's a package on the front porch for her. It's basically yeah. he starts saying and he tells the story of how it's like a it's a gift for her 
for their daughter, but she knew that she wasn't going to be there for her daughter when uh-huh. she went to school, but she bought her a backpack so that after she died, the backpack would come. Oh, and, wow. Like, he goes into really like detail about this and drags it out. Yeah. And, like, that's something I like to, I like to like take a moment just like show the significance it out into like a thing and that's why like on the first track on that record from seeds i i put i talk about like your hospital gown looked like a bright green dress and that's because like, when i was a that kid for a while yeah when i was a kid i talked to i i used to always tell my mom how beautiful she was and like yeah i did that my whole life and then you know in this like last moment she's wearing this like hospital gown but to like I can still envision like this dress, you know. Yeah. And the same thing with like, I, and I say the oxygen's your necklace, and that's like that's beautiful, man. Her wearing, she has this oxygen on her face, but like I'm imagining like the necklace. Is wow, that is really so. Great, like I, man. I tried to use that kind of stuff to like zero in on like a certain moment and make it like expand it so that like this song puts people there. Yeah. So they can understand it. Damn, dude, that is really. That's like, I mean, I appreciate you sharing that mm-hmm. because that is just, that's, I mean, I'm sure that's hard to, do you ever feel, because I feel like sometimes when I sing about things that are really close to me, like I have a song about my buddy who passed away and when I first started playing it, it felt so close to me that I would like tear up when I was yeah. playing it. And I was wondering if you've ever had that experience where it's like maybe difficult oh, yeah. to get through a song. Yeah, I have the, I have those for sure. What helped was when I first started playing music with with Cass Benton. I had some songs that were kind of like that. Yeah. Um, but we, but we, I, they were something I'd had for a while, kind of like in the back burner. Yeah. We started the band, and then I showed it to the band, and then we we made it into a song as a band instead yeah. of just like this little song I had been like doing. Okay. In that process, it kind of gets like numb to me because yeah. we're learning it together for so long and then I kind of forget about it and then I don't want to play it anymore and then I'm like take it off the set blah, blah. and then eventually it got to the point where like we would play the song again and then it comes back yeah so that would happen a lot in Cass Benton because huh. we never wanted to play the same set um, which I love I, I, I love that we did that we it's switched fun, up our yeah. set so much even though at the end we kind of kept some stuff because we had some couple really good songs condominium is going to be the first song on our record jacob wrote it it's so good yeah and that was our opener for a long time september 25th is our was our closer that's going to be the last one on the record those are both great anyway so like doing that and then september 25th is a song about the day my brother died so like, and you've experienced a lot of loss yeah. and i could see and doing that on stage all the time with three of my like really good friends like I got used I got like I got to the point where like I would cry we would all be like jumping and like sweating and doing stuff and like my yeah. friends would be in the crowd like yelling at us super cathartic and man. then I was just like this is what I want to do now yeah I, I, I don't want to sing about anything else anymore I just want to sing about stuff that's important to me um, oh yeah yeah I, I, I struggle to ever do so like the opposite I do struggle and I never did either but like I do struggle playing them sometimes especially if I'm solo now but Especially what? If I'm solo, like if oh, I play okay. a solo acoustic. At least it's set, sober. <laughs> if I go and I play in front of like people I don't know and I'm just like playing these sad songs by myself on acoustic guitar. Dude, I feel ya. Sometimes I'll get a little it'll it'll get a little hard because I know it's a bummer and then I start thinking about it a little bit more and then I get sad. But I but what I do that as I I 
I lean into it. You know, I, I start playing, I lean into it, and I, and I take myself back to that place. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'll even close my eyes. I'll take myself to where I was when I was writing it, or where I was when I was experiencing it. And that can be really bad because, like, especially if I play solo, I can have a, after the show, I can just be so upset and so depressed and just yeah. like anxious. But sometimes I also but it informs feel the art good. too. It informs the performance. You know yeah. what I mean. So I what I do is I lean in, I lean into it, and I and I just check into that old place and try mm. to find it for when I play that song. And so sometimes these songs, like September twenty fifth, and the song Linda and Hope, the one I sent you for, you know, from yeah. Seeds, even the song, like all those are like meaningful songs to me now, and I play them so much, and like. I've kind of gotten to the point where I love doing it and it's not too exhausting. Yeah. yeah. I, I what happens to me is like so I I write these really personal songs because it's like that's the only thing that inspires me to write really is things that are really close to me and oftentimes really dark because I I like to take things that are really dark and really sad in my life and turn them into something like um good or beautiful you know what i mean and that's my way of coping with these bad things by turning them into something good mm-hmm. and I, i'm really excited about them when i write them and i'm like oh man i really like this i really want to play it and then i go to play it and it just is this super vulnerable feeling where it's like oh my god i just realized that this is <laughs> i hope they're not reading too much into these lyrics because they're going to know so much about me all of a sudden and i feel like it's really easy to overestimate um, how much significance the audience places on it because at the end of the day it feels super close to you Yeah. but most of the audience I mean you're going to get people that are really into that but then most of the audiences they might like it but they're not really thinking that hard about it you know what I mean they're not really thinking yeah. that they're seeing the deepest darkest parts of you even yeah. if that's what you're putting out there you I know. think the reason I'm so comfortable with it is because of Cass Ben first. Well, I was in a really bad place when we started Cass Ben. And it, yeah. And I just like, I did that stuff and it was fine. It was fun. And we had fun together and I loved being in that band. Yeah. And so like, once I went solo, not, not once I went solo, I hate that I just said that. Once I started <laughs> playing solo shows too. After the first major label breakup. I didn't break solo. Up. That was is not yeah. how it was at all. Right. Now that I also can't play fire me, shows, I quit. <laughs> I, um, I think like, I just am kind of like I I gave up the idea that I'm not vulnerable before. Yeah, you know, and like, I'm not saying like yeah, we understand that we're vulnerable, but you just realize like, it's a song, and the songs you love are sad, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the albums that are the closest ones to me. I mean, I like a lot of happy albums and stuff because I really like the energy of them. And But the ones that are closest to me are like Brand New, The Devil and God, Manchester Orchestra, like Black Mile to the Surface, just albums with a lot of emotional depth and a lot of times like emotional darkness. And I'm just like, I have to tell people like, I'm okay. You know, like these songs yeah. I sing are really dark sometimes, but I'm totally okay. I need to sing about those things to be okay about them mm-hmm. the fact that i'm able to translate those emotions into something that i can like uh, like productively express makes me okay yeah you know? it helps it's it's very cathartic like when you get to play it for people especially um you know there's been a handful of times where like i've gotten to go play somewhere and afterwards somebody comes up and says like hey i 
I, I think I understood this song. And yeah, like, and that's a great it feeling. It really hit me. And, like, you know, part of you is like, I hope everybody hears and, and loves and understands this song. And part of you is like, I hope nobody understands <laughs> this song because I hope they yeah. don't feel that way, too. Right, right. But now I'm kind of, like, in this new EP I'm doing right now, like, where I, I came here today from recording it. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. I'm doing some stuff that's not happier, per se, but it's less devastating is that with no fun club or is that no like that's with, with that's with ship and sail okay but, but you're yeah, with no I fun have, club i have too started now, right? playing bass with um no fun club okay because yeah we just uh their last show with their bass player was with with me uh in a daydream over at club above i wish i could have been there it was fun Man. It was it was fun. I mean, it's it was no fun, but it was also fun. You know what I mean? Because no fun club. Hey, art boy. art is great. There's like no, it's gonna suck for them. Oh, I thought I'm you just. Bass. I didn't realize his name was Art, so I thought you were just like no. saying the most stoner sentence. Oh no, art is great. No, <laughs> art art is great, and and like they're gonna. Um, he was a cool guy. They're not gonna be as good with me as their bassist as they were with Art as a bassist, but I'll figure it out. Yeah, and we'll have a good time. Yeah, uh, we're going on tour together. I was going to ask you if you've been on tour before. Sort of. We're going to have a little weekender. Okay. I, ha- I hesitate to call it tour, but it's like... I, I feel you. It's fun. I feel you. We're doing Thursday, May not 16th. Not making it into LA, so maybe it's yeah. not a tour. Thursday, but. May 16th, we're playing in Ann Arbor. Um, Saturday, May Where are you 18th. playing at? It's a co-op. I can't remember how to say the name of it. It oh, okay. starts with an N. Oh, okay. Um, here, let me look Check their it. Facebook. Thursday, May 16th. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll do it real quick. I'll look. I'll restart from the. Oh, you're good. Any of the dates. All right. So Thursday, May sixteenth, we're playing at the uh, Nakamura. Sorry if I pronounced it wrong. Co-op in Ann Arbor, May eighteenth, just Saturday. We're playing at the Apple Hole in Chicago. Nice. May nineteenth, we're playing at the Summit Track in Bowling Green. We're okay. Both playing stripped down sets. And I th- make it easier to tour. Think what I'm gonna, no, only on the 19th. For oh, okay. Set. And I think we're gonna do like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to do this thing. I haven't, we haven't practiced yet. I don't know if it's gonna work out, but I'm gonna try to have Haley play acoustic guitar. I'm gonna play banjo, and Mike's gonna play like half a drum kit. Okay. I'm hoping we can pull that off, but I'm not sure. It'll work. Yeah, we just have to practice a little bit. But they're both like super, super talented, and I'm not concerned about them learning it if I can do it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be your first time out in Chicago playing. Playing, yeah, and we're staying at my aunt's that night, which is super cool. Shout out to my aunt Linda. <laughs> what up, Linda? Hotel McBride, as she calls it. She's always like, "You can come stay anytime." And she's the coolest. Um, and then, uh, yeah, on the nineteenth, Absent Father is playing. Um, Mango Tree is playing. Uh, on the eighteenth in Chicago, we're playing with the Phones, who I love, and a couple of the people from the Phones do um loon bass studios and they're they just did, recorded my live album at Focella. oh and, cool man and they did a, vi- a live video of it too was the live album was that full band or was that no, just, it's you? just me just you so cool. it's got a bunch of new stuff on it how did you mic yourself up for that i just plugged my guitar in and, and sang it to the mic and they did the rest oh okay was yep. it a, was it acoustic guitar or yep, yep. okay yep. yeah it was, it was a cool think- set it was fun like i'm doing uh, a couple solo shows coming up here not really by choice but yeah, I know what you because mean. my band quit well my drummer quit and that kind of like put me in a place where i have to like figure things out really quickly but i would like to uh 
record figure out a way to like record because i'm playing blind pig for the first time like in in june i think it'd be cool to like get some sort of recording of it what day are you playing um june 6th i just jumped on that bill oh hell yeah dude that's right because i was talking to anthony mm-hmm. from normal park mm-hmm. and i was gonna get uh try to get my buddy's band the harmoniums on because mm-hmm. they played with us in no fun club yeah but he was like uh ship and sales playing i'm like oh i'll see colin tonight <laughs> cool yeah i'm playing that'll be fun man. i think i'm playing solo if you it, honestly if we're playing the same show if you want like any extra instruments or anything like that if you want anything like background or, like okay. let me know because same i'm yeah i'm down to like uh do, banjo and mandolin any day yeah yeah i'm down to like jump on it I and just banjo. just be uh you know an additional like yeah. just add a layer to, like i really like i've come to like now that i play shows doing my own thing like i i know that i have to have my own thing mm-hmm. and in order to be like happy as a musician i have to have like something where i'm in control of it but as long as i have that i really enjoy playing with other people and like trying to do my best to just make whatever yeah. they're doing better rather than making it mm-hmm. about like what i want to do that's how i feel too that's why i'm really excited to play bass and this is just fun to play shows too plus i'm feeling very like i feel very comfortable right now with like where i'm at with ship and sail i have a lot of shows coming up like i'm i feel comfortable with that um i'm playing a show may 12th at the pike room i have tickets for that nice um you ever played there before yeah once with caspin um it was sweet i ended up breaking some stuff because i got a little out of control (laughs) um but uh yeah I feel really comfortable with like where Ship and Sail is at, and I like I'm really comfortable with the band we have, and like they're happy to be playing. It's Anthonizio from Space Cadet and Holy Profane, uh, Haley uh, McNichol from Bombastic Dream Pussy. She also sometimes, of a band name, sometimes by the way. plays bass in Parkway in Columbia. Yeah, um, and then Mike Higgins from No Fun Club and Koopa Kid on drums. Okay, um, Haley plays guitar. Zito plays bass. Um, Haley also sings. Her voice will be all over the next EP. How is it with... Now, this is something that is very common in all throughout the country or wherever, like with music in general, but how is it managing having a band with people that are in so many other bands? Like, is that difficult? Um, Because it's my thing, it's not difficult because I know that it's like not their thing i mean just like logistically that like yeah it's i mean it can be kind of tough sometimes but we all like they're talented enough to where i don't have to worry basically right that's a big part of it because i'm because honestly Haley worries the most and she's way better than she thinks she is Hmm, yeah Haley, if you listen to this and when you listen to this you're way better than you talk about yourself Come on the podcast, Haley. She we'll would, talk about it. She always it. says she's not good at guitar, but she's super good. And she, like, I have kind of weird strumming patterns sometimes. And, like, I do weird stuff because, like, I want to, I, like, I learned guitar thinking I was always going to be a solo artist. So, like, I kind of, yeah. like, have learned how to play like that. So, like, she's just so good. And I'm so happy she's playing guitar in my band. There's no rules either. I, I mean, love like. her music, too. Anyways, so she is, she's the one that, like, feels the most worried sometimes about like how we're gonna play and how she's gonna play yeah but like i know if we have one practice within a week of the set we're fine yeah even though we 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 added a a new song with one practice and then the next set we added two new songs with one practice oh okay 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that kind of lends it, the singer-songwriter sort of uh, aesthetic sort of lends itself to being able to do that. Where my, because it's like simpler stuff, you know what I mean? Like song structures are simpler. It's more like, it's more lyrically driven, you know well, what I mean? the thing is, I honestly, it's not like even that as much as it is just like, I just am so lucky to be able to play with people who are that good. That's true. That's like, also true. Like, I couldn't, I couldn't have done this. A lot, especially like when this new EP comes out, or if, if like you're able to see this full band, like I that's not all me, you know. Even right. though this is like my thing, like I have the control over it, everything at the end of the day. Like I learned that like I, I if I try to control everything, I'm not gonna make the best music. That yeah, I can. and like yeah, I've had the same realization. Yeah, and so like it is like my project, and like they don't feel like they know that they can say no to stuff and they know that they can they, that yeah. their stuff takes priority to my thing for them yeah and i know that too and since we like have that understanding it's not anything that like we worry about like today i was like you guys want to play the blind pig on june 6 and zero was like i can't i was like cool right I'll yeah play solo, you know yeah <laughs> it's like they, that's just how it is because i've i had to come to terms with that and that was it's hard but you just gotta do it and then realize you're gonna have a better time and so is everybody else yeah yeah that's fair and that's been difficult for me because like back in the day like in a daydream used to be well it was me and my buddy brad and it still is in a way he's still involved but like we wrote super complex like like progressive punk rock type Mm -hmm. stuff with like atypical song structures a lot of odd transitions like just things that like we weren't if, if someone was gonna be in our band they had to be in our band we had to practice a lot because Brad and I played almost every day, and yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, that helps that I do that I do have like simpler songs. But yeah, so nowadays when I'm writing, I'm I'm trying to structure my own music and make In a Daydream more of something that like I can play solo if if I need to. Yeah, but it's not so complex that like if other people are available and want to play with me, they can jump on and figure it out without having to have intensive practice sessions. You Honestly, know what I mean? that's that's exactly how it works with with everyone is that i i am it's the same thing bombastic dream pussy is pretty much the same way because we both were solo acts first um in this respective project like we both had bands yeah but um or in these respective projects it's like i can do both i can always do both right and then when somebody asks i say yes i can play that I can definitely play solo and if you want to like if I don't right. really care if I play with the band or solo I'll say like if you want to I can ask the band too yeah if I want to I'll be like I will ask the band too and then they'll be like cool yeah and then I'll be like is it okay if they say no and they'll be like usually people just say yeah and then you right. play the same I mean show. that's that's nicer than even the way I go about it because I just think like I just say if there's a show I can do, I just say yes. And I just tell them, yep, this is my band, blah, blah, blah. And if, yeah. and then I scramble to try to get a band together oh, for yeah. it. Oh, yeah. See, I just, I just realized, no, I just, I just tell them, like, I, I just don't want the anxiety. I just, I'm like, yeah, I can play solo. I can, pr-. and sometimes I know already, I'll be like, there's a good chance I can play with the band. Let me check real quick and get back to you yeah. as soon as possible. Yeah. And then again, another thing about me being lucky, I like, am lucky that, like, I have three band members and hope
All right, sorry about that glitch. So we're going to get into some questions for Mr. Colin. Um, so we'll start with uh, Mr. Jim Haggerty. I assume that is a relative. It's my dad. Okay, so your old man. He wants to know, is it fair to say that you have learned everything you know from your father? Typical dad question, I feel like. Uh, yes. So does he get any royalties for the band name? No. <laughs> You're planning ideas. I'm not, I can't say planning ideas. You're watering those already planted yeah. ideas in his head about royalties for the name. He didn't say at any point ship and sail. Right. He just used those words in a sentence, basically. Exactly. I mean, so, yeah. So, yeah. He doesn't, like... get, he doesn't get anything from me. <laughs> Except for the pride and satisfaction kidding. of having a musical son, I'm sure. And we have a project together, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Your dad is... Uh, we don't get to do a lot, but... Yeah. Is he is a musical project, or... Mm-hmm. So what does your dad play? Guitar. Oh, he plays guitar and singing. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so maybe... He's a really, really good singer, and a really good lyricist. Okay. Like, way better than me at both of those things. Shout out to Jim. Does he ever play live? Or, like, did Not he ever back Not by in himself the day? too much. He will. You need to get it out there, Jim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... We have some songs on Bandcamp. Really? Under O-H-E-G-A-R-T-Y. There's That's some, really cool. Yeah, there's some good stuff on there. Some good banjo playing by me. Some good lyrics by my dad. Did you ever feel like, um, as you were picking up the guitar and stuff, was there ever, like, when you were younger, I'm sure you watched your dad play guitar and things like that. He didn't really play, like, my whole life. Oh, really? He, like, kind of did and kind of didn't on and off. Oh, okay. More recently. Pretty much since I've been playing, he's been playing consistently again. Oh, okay. Like, probably since, like, a year or so after I started. Oh, okay. Oh, good. Nice. Um, That's so, what yeah. DIY is all about right there. <laughs> That's right. Um, so, yeah, I was talking about... Your dad, how he just started playing. like Oh, playing oh yeah, so he's been playing consistently again. He's, he, he writes songs. They're really good. Are um, they, like, similar stylistically to what you do? Uh, not really. No. I mean, sort of. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We listen to a lot of the same music. You just captured every possible response <laughs> to that question in one. <laughs> we listen to a lot of the same music, so like that is definitely like it definitely comes out in both of our like songs. But yeah, there's something really... different to what we do. I don't know what it is. It, we we're pretty similar. That's I mean, we both are man. we both are acoustic guitar and lyric centric. So yeah. I mean, that just must be a cool thing to have. I mean, a lot like it's one thing to just have a relationship with your dad that a lot of people don't get to have. So it's cool to even have that. Right. But like to be able to share the one thing you're most passionate about with your dad. I mean, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, um, it is really nice. So we'll go to uh Doug Love from um former Critics. I haven't played three shows with those guys. I mean, yeah. look out for former critics. I just love those people so much. They all just four of them they show just... up with their giant bassman amp, and then they take yeah. all the money from the door. No, they're all thanks to former critics for rocking. Yeah, that's pretty much all I can say. No, I mean they, Doug and all those guys. Like I worked with Doug a lot on like booking some shows. And hey, Doug, <laughs> let's do some more, dude. But uh, 
Yeah, me too. Get me in on this. Stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll keep start. Shows we'll start you. the trifecta, dude. With the, I was just talking to him on Instagram earlier today. Oh yeah, he's. They're all great. Oh I yeah, love, I really like I all those guys. But anyways, Doug Love, that was your 15 seconds of fame, bud. Um, <laughs> and so he's he asked like five questions because you know, whatever. But because he's first, awesome. Yeah, I mean he's the man. But anyways, well. He wants to know: Will Cass Benton ever have a reunion show? Starting off really hot on this one. Yeah, I don't know. And that I is the answer we all expected. Op- I am open to it. So is so is potentially everyone in the band. But it was just it would just have to be something we worked out. Maybe someone needs to just book it without telling you. Like maybe Doug, if you're booking a show, you just need to book a Cass Benton reunion show. And then it's if one the of right those, person did it, it just might work. Yeah, if you book it, they will come. You know, what I mean, like some Wayne's World shit there. There's nobody that specifically doesn't want to do it, but I can only say you don't have to convince me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it should. Happen. I think I think the only thing is that we we would have to practice. Yeah, we all have yeah. a lot going on. Yeah, it's not really that we don't want to play a show together ever again. It would just have to be like a special we have, thing. We have, we yeah, have a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Especially because we didn't really plan to have our last show, so. Oh. Um, but anyway, I don't know, Doug. Maybe. He asked me again. Sometime. Jury's out on that one, Doug. I hope so. Um, okay, so then he wants to know who do you believe is the current most underrated band or artist? Doesn't have to be local. So like, who do you? Feel Richard like Edwards. Richard Edwards. Yeah, he's he was Margot Nuclear So and So's. He is a fantastic songwriter, great guitar player. Um, great voice. He Margot Nuclear So and So's was like kind of popular. I know my brother saw them open for Bright Eyes back in the day. Okay. Um, where they where they like based out of? Do you know? I think Chicago for a while and L.A. for a while. Oh, okay. So and, they're pretty popular. I mean, like national type of act. Yeah, and then like they had like some problems with their label, and then like they broke up, um, and like Richard got really sick so he like doesn't really tour but he like still puts out records under his own name and it's like all super good and he's doing repressing Richard Edwards you said? Yeah he's doing okay. repressings of all the old Margot Nuclear so-and-so's records that are like just amazing records I just got the Slingshot to Heaven one so okay. yeah so like that's my usually my go-to underrated artist there's also some other ones like some some close finishes are like Joe Pug who's a great folk uh, singer-songwriter you know any um, any local bands that I mean this might be like a very specific question but you know any local bands that maybe are just like starting out that people should look out for or maybe some bands that like have a small following that you feel like have a potential to really go places um to have a potential to really go places and have a small following or um, maybe like not necessarily a small following but like they're decently well known but they're just local well, like, and I could I could speak for days about Bombastic Dream Pussy. Like, yeah, I just think that they're they're as a band they're great. Haley's great; she's one of my best friends. Um, but I really truly love their their music, um, and I really think that like after they're able to like do more together and like work at it a little bit more, they're they're something special in yeah. in the scene. And I think that like they're doing something different than like is the norm. And I think that that's something I really appreciate. Well, I um, see, I see Haley's like, name a lot around a lot, you know, just by being yeah, she's very friends active, with people like, on Facebook in, and in stuff. The 
like social media and in the community but um you know she like one of my best friends plays in my band i love her That's awesome. music um and yeah. that was what's fun for me like growing up playing music in a daydream like my best friend was uh brad and like the fact that like he still lives around here and i just talked to him yesterday about like hey like i'm now that i want to use the word in the name in a daydream again that was like our band name in high school but i still feel like the closest to that and i talked to him i was like hey i want to use this again i want you to be a part of it so like what do you think about like writing some drums for like these guitars the guitar parts that i'm writing even though it's like a different style i want you to be a part of it and like he said yeah he wants wants to be on it and Mm -hmm. that's just really cool to just play music with your friends oh yeah you know it's not about necessarily always the best people even though he's the best drummer i've ever played with but it's it's more so about the fact that like we're such good friends so it's it's a lot of fun to be able to play with people who are no yeah close with you for sure it's it's a blast like i'm i feel super happy to be able to do it um so his third question we've kind of touched on already like how long you've been playing instruments how long you've been performing sorry doug kind of been over that um and then current favorite well, local artist or band, I will tell, I I, like. i'll tell my story my first performance okay yeah that sounds good i think i was 18 and i played at a farmer's market i played a few songs with my friend claire at a farmer's market we played the battle of love and hate by the david brothers we played little talks by of monsters and men or whatever that band is called I don't even know. There's off Mice and Men, but it was probably wasn't that band because they're like <laughs> prog metal. No. <laughs> and then we played I'll Follow You Into the Dark by Death Cab for Cutie. Yeah. And I know we played another, and I can't remember what it was. That was your first performance? That was my first performance. How many people watched? I have no idea how many people watched. You just blacked out. I, don't, I just don't remember <laughs> anymore. There was probably like some people like walking around. It was a sold-out market. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Did you like? Did you get some uh, some like good feedback after the show? Like people like say like, "Hey, nice job," or like, "It's also know. a farmers really. market." It was just kind of like, "Oh, we did it," and then yeah, I I put the capo on the wrong fret for like the first half of a song. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it happens. That's next? what open tunings are for, man. You just <laughs> you just pop a capo. It doesn't matter where it is. I don't do a ton of open tunings anymore, but I was playing in open C the last couple of days because I was learning some. Um, Timothy Seth David is Darling songs. I, I just recently, I'm the opposite. Like, I almost never use open tunings, but recently, like, because I don't use any theory, I don't know any theory, self-taught, but, like, I wanted to challenge myself in a different way, so, like, I just started playing an open E. So okay. it's been, like, I've had to force myself to, like, reel in, reel in the fretboard in a little bit, mm-hmm. even though it's easier to play it in open tuning. Like, the same, like, you have to use different chord shapes and things like that. Yeah. And... I just really like the way a different tuning will sound with your playing. Like it just re reshapes your playing mm-hmm. when you try a different tuning. Like in it's a not way. a bad thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Mostly, I just don't like the tune. But yeah. Uh, you don't like the tune. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have one chip and sale song that's released in the world that's in a different tuning. So mostly standard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's fair, but I feel like some people are like I I notice, and I think a lot of it is just jokes and memes. But there's definitely like an elitism with people who use like standard tunings. And they no, like, people. The thing is, people joke about about open tunings being bad, but it it's a joke. Same people and they who love also, American football. 
it's a okay. joke. It's just like a joke, and they also use them. Like it's just yeah. It's just kind of like a one of the bits that people do in the scene. Okay. Because like, I'm so new to like all the scene memes and stuff. Like yeah, that, no, that's it's never what I got into before. No, I mean, pe- a lot of people playing open tunings. It's pretty normal. Yeah. Um, I just don't because yeah. I play mostly acoustic guitar. Reference. Um, and then current favorite local artist or band? I know you talked a lot about Haley and Bombast. Yeah, I'm like. gonna I'm gonna try to not say any of my like best best friends. Okay. Uh, just because like I feel like you know I'm biased. Maybe if there's like a a, a band locally yeah. that you have well, played with. Well, I like think to? Parkway in Columbia and Nest Lake are like my two top locals. And I'm friends with Tyler. And I'm friends with Chandler, obviously. But like, they, though, both of those records, I like, I love, or I loved Parkway's uh, record, um, Transmissions. Like before, I knew Tyler, and like, that yeah. record is incredible. The new record is incredible, Wanderer. Um, and Chandler obviously has, I kicking really, so good. I really like, like Nestle, like what he, he does put out with, all, like, all, his all these songs. This he has a song called "If We Never Talk" with Shortly. It's just incredible. Those are my two f- favorite of like this scene. I was um, talking to Tyler a little bit because I played. He yeah. came and played when I was like running Atlantis a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, he played a solo show there, and I thought it was really cool. And like he's so good solo too. Yeah, he he definitely uh, knows how to work his equipment. You know what I mean? Like he's really talented. He's with, like, like he's his like hardware. He he's um produced some some people's records around here. Like he did, oh yeah. Cooper Kids, Summit House Studios, no right? Club. Yeah, so, yep. Yeah, he's 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 so good, and his his new record's so good, and yeah, he's really good. Those at marketing are two too, records. Like. Those are two records I know I would listen to if I didn't know the people. You know? Yeah, yeah. I just felt I I haven't listened to Wanderer yet, but I just think like I'll pay attention to what Tyler's doing because I think that he does a really nice job of like. You gotta listen to it, like capturing the aesthetics of something. You know what I mean? His aesthetic aesthetic choices are really good. Like he, like he's got his brother doing all the photography and stuff. Oh yeah, I just think that's re- he does a really nice job with like staying consistently like marketing himself really well. This the record f- just like really really feels like a record. Like it feels yeah. like one piece of a like I think it's nine songs. But it feels like one thing. Yeah, those are the my favorite types of albums too. Yeah, me too. Because I'm a I'm a I'm a record guy. Like I like to listen to yeah. from front to back. And like, yeah, he did a really good job with sequencing and tracking everything. I guess he said he worked on it for like two years. Yeah, and and it shows. Yeah, it shows. It's you should you should definitely listen to it. Well, I I, uh, I messaged Tyler a little bit about doing the podcast. Yeah, and like so, I'm gonna try to get him on, um, eventually. You know, but um. I also don't expect anybody that I I uh, cold call out of the blue to say come do my podcast to be like oh yeah let's do it right away. I mean the fact that you were so like down to do it was really cool. Yeah, well um, you know I love podcasts. Yeah, like I really appreciate anybody that like yeah. shows any interest in it because it's like right now, uh, literally this is my second episode. I'm doing it in my bedroom, so it's like this is perfect. Yeah, I'm so comfy. Right, you had some mic problems and all this stuff. Yeah. I just have been. I got yeah. my coffee. I got this lazy boy. I got this mic. Not yeah. even really. You'll in have my you guys face. will have to check out the Instagram because I'll post a it's photo of like how Colin is just chilling right now in the lazy boy. Like this is the ideal pot. I'm in a freaking beanbag chair on the floor drinking yeah. beer. Like this is this is fun. And I just I think we have a few bands coming on. Bellowland just scheduled with me. Oh yes, Wit is hopefully yeah, going to be. Yeah, my boy. It's going to be recording on my EP too. Really? Yeah. 
He's that's he, I, I love, love I love Wit so much. Yep. He is just one of the sweetest people in the world. I know. I just think like I cannot say enough how much I love Wit. I know he's, I said that great. about a few people, but I, I got mean, a few yeah. other bands like uh this Tequila Taxi, not Tequila Deer. I know they're local, but there's this other band, Tequila Taxi, from like out of state that's coming on. I know Dogleg and I were talking about trying to get something scheduled. Um, just a few, you know, but I'm trying to get more and more. So if anybody hears this, you know a band that wants to be on a podcast, fucking send them my way. But yeah, and I'll, and I'll obviously like tell my friend. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure, for sure. And I'll be back here for No Fun Club too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I've been talking to Jay too. That's another one. Like let's let's do this, and he. Yeah. He's down. I know. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he'll be super cool to have on here. Jake's great to talk to. Yeah, yeah. I, I really. I'm, I'm like. My big thing about like touring is like, I, first of all, I'm just like kind of. I don't know. Basically, I have have to spend a long a lot of if you're touring, you have to spend a lot of time with people with the same people. Yeah. I'm very much happy that that's like, my band and Jake, you know. <laughs> And Emma, Emma's gonna come. His girlfriend, um, because she, she's gonna come and hang out and do merch and okay. support us because she's awesome. Those two people, are, I, I'm happy that I'm gonna be spending a few days with. Yeah, you gotta be careful, so you know. Be, it'd be good. I feel like some bands probably the touring might just end them. I'm just speaking hypothetically, but I just feel like they maybe aren't the best fits for people. Well, and we're also only on doing. We're only gonna be gone for a, a night, too. Right. But like, but yeah, like, I just like. I suck at like that kind of thing, like just being with people constantly. Yeah, I do too. I'm hard but to be like, around <laughs> for that. But one. like it being Haley, Mike, Zito, Jake, and Emma, that's no problem. That's great. You guys taking one car? or are You guys splitting it up? Or like a two band? Guys. Two guys. I think. Okay. Because yeah. we're just honestly we're going to Chicago and then to Ohio. And then back. Right. Right. So. But it's still fun to like make the poster for it and like do like the <laughs> whole like weekend tour thing like mm-hmm. the aesthetics of it are just are like fun to do you yeah know? like i'm excited to start scheduling some weekend runs you know i already have like a bunch of routes like mapped out on on google maps like screenshotted like i can go to this city and hit this city in a weekend i could do this like 10 yeah if you ever want to do like do. a solo weekend run yeah i'd dude, be down I'd, that'd be awesome i'd like to do something like that this i'm trying summer. to hit those this summer like i got some contacts in chicago and like indianapolis yeah so well, well, yeah we can do that but uh and then, okay, so back to Doug Love real quick. He had one more. Would you swipe right or left just judging by my face and bio? I'm assuming he means a dating app? Yeah. <laughs> um, the question is, or the, the, my answer is that based on his face, I would swipe right, like, right away. Is that, an ex- is that a, like, a yes That's or a no? good thing, That's yeah. a good thing? Okay. Yeah. Like, no problem. I would have to read the bio. Yeah. I don't know what the bio would say. But the first time I met Doug, I don't know if he remembers this. Uh, I liked him, so I'll, so I'll swipe right. I would swipe right on Doug based on his use of the wah pedal. Yeah, I mean, I, to now I love him, and that's known. But if fact, we're going back to the very first time, I also swiped right then. Yeah. I feel like there's so many reasons to swipe right on Doug, and one of them is the wah pedal. One is the fact that he shows up to a, a seen basement you- show with a giant fucking bass man you should have seen when he had the fucking polka dot guitar man i saw the polka dot oh, guitar that guitar is yeah. so sweet i've it's seen him with the guitar. sg too mm-hmm. but the polka dot guitar i'm like 
Wow, he's he's just that's a total fuck you to game, man. He's just he, rocking he just, the polka dot with the buddy guy it. strat and that. He's just such a good guitar player. Anyway, he, and then there's the one more question on Facebook. Yeah, right. there was uh, someone wanted to know like who wrote Nick Caldwell, my buddy, who uh, he plays in the harmoniums, and uh, he's a really good guitar player. Um, he wants to know who wrote like your bio on Facebook because it's like pretty. Um, artsy I, I would say it's like it's, it's really like uh, I thought I, metaphors I thought I put like it at the bottom who wrote it but I must not have uh, it, her name's her name's Brijana Bondi she's like one of my really really good friends um, yeah she's a publicist for uh, um, or she works for a publicity firm uh, called Green Light Go Publicity um, yeah did she was she like a fan of your music did you like oh wait she actually has like a twitter that she's just like a really good friend of mine but she has a twitter she started doing band bios um and her twitter so she does more than just oh wait your band like she does multiple she bios anymore so i think nick like really really liked it like he was really oh, yeah he was into it he really wanted to like figure out if she wrote more stuff so i just thought like oh i found it yeah yeah she'll do it for really cheap her her Twitter is at band underscore bio underscore bitch, and her like her name is real cheap bios, in parentheses with love from me to you. So so she'll she'll do that for you. She'll check out your music. She'll send you a questionnaire. It's all on her Twitter. Um, she's a really good friend of mine. I was really excited that she started doing this. The first one I saw that she did was Haley's for Bombast Dream Pussy, and then she did mine, um, and it's super good. So Caldwell, if if the harmoniums need a band bio, you know where to look. Um, so that's cool. And everyone, um, she, like it's cheap, it's cheap. Hence the hence the name. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, and you won't I mean, it's she wrote four paragraphs or so for me. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she really you tell she's a writer. Definitely. Oh yeah, she's so good at it. I cool. I I was super happy about it. Um. So I guess before we like wrap up completely. Uh, just tell some people like what what do you got going on like where can people find your music like you know what should they be looking out for that kind of stuff i got one more question we got one oh more yeah question. oh yeah sorry one more question we're good from Haley marie um said what's a topic or story you always wanted to write about but can never find the proper words and that's a really hard question because it's also hard for me to put the proper words together um but I have this like issue where I get very worried about whether I'm going to make the right or wrong decision about things that don't really have a right or wrong decision. Okay. It's like, oh, am I going to go to Meyer or Kroger? Oh, just like, and I'm so upset. Or like, things. or like, when I leave work today, am I going to go hang out with this person or this person, or am I not going to hang out with anybody? And none of those things matter at all. Like, literally, yeah. it's just whether I do them or not. And like, I worry constantly about that stuff. Like, like all day, every day about stuff like that. Mm. And it's, it's, I, you know, I can write about anxiety, but like, it doesn't really come out in any cool way or any like clever way. Yeah. So like that sort of thing. I wish I could write about that without sound good. Also, for a story, I once talked to somebody that was gonna jump off a bridge until the cops got there and pulled. Them no off. shit. And I've. I wrote a song about it a long time ago, and it's not that good. And they a song. didn't jump. 
and well, they got pulled off the bridge. Okay, well, the, the, that's the jump. point, though. Like, maybe what what so, might like, have happened? Like, I not been there. I have always wanted to like write a good song about that, but it's just like wow. I wrote a really sh- like crappy song right after that, and I don't really like it. But I want it to be good enough to like kind of portray that. Yeah, because that's time that's such a like a. I mean, you had the real experience, but it's also such a cliche type of thing to happen like it's amazing that that happened to you yeah i imagine, imagine that'd be super surreal because you've seen it, it play weird. out in movies and media all the time yeah it was weird so writing cool. a song about something like that and yeah. not having it be super cliche even though it's a real thing that happened to you i feel like you it would be difficult right. but that would be also be really awesome if you could do it well yeah um so but yeah so uh just on Instagram, let us know what the Instagrams are. Let us know like where to find you. Yeah, so I guess, camp. I guess where you can see me soon is this Sunday for Cinco de Mayo. I'm playing Bowling Green solo. May twelfth, May se- or May seventh, I'm playing in Hamtramck, um, or Hazel Park or something. You're playing at the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, it's Hazel Park. Hazel Park. Shout out to Zari. Um, and then May 12th, I'm playing at the Pike Room. Uh, Mother's Day show, I feel like, too, right? You can, yeah, and you can, yeah. you can buy tickets from me um, ahead of time. They're a little bit cheaper. Um, and then after that, I do 16th, 18th, 19th, and a little weekender. Um, and then I don't know what's after that. I forget. But I have other stuff, too. Yeah. Um, I think May 23rd is after that. And then, um, yeah, you can find me at ship underscore and underscore sale on Instagram or at ship and sale on Twitter, on Facebook. I'm on there. I'm on Spotify, Apple Music. I just released a live album. I released a full length last year in November. What'd you call the live album? Just live at Photo. Oh, just, okay. Um, and then I have my full length from seeds some my favorite work i've ever done um and then i think on on spotify and itunes and all that the only other thing is my first ep but if you go on my band camp i have all kinds of recordings and stuff on there okay well cool man and i got a new ep coming out soon probably july okay yeah you have a name for it yet hymnal hymnal yeah cool i'll play a new song from it if you want yeah. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna pause here real quick. We'll set them up, and then we'll get a uh, an exclusive invite the neighbors like in bedroom studio <laughs> performance from Colin from Ship and Sale.
homesick and kneeling to an empty priest Closing my eyes will they baptize me Hiding behind my bedroom Digging graves in all of my bad dreams Sleep as I'm leaving. Come alive and you think of me. 
fall fast asleep as I'm leaving. And there you have it, guys. That's episode two. Invite the neighbors. Thanks for listening.